0: You are Locked On Nationals, your daily Washington Nationals podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.
1: Hello everybody, Josh Napers here for the Locked On Nationals podcast. Today it is July 28th, 2021. On today's show, we discuss the injuries to Steven Strasburg and Trey Turner getting COVID and the latest Nationals news. Also, Dan Wilson and I had a conversation of Locked On Phillies. We'll have some of that as well for you guys coming up today. All right, let's get into it today. Some bad news came from the Washington Nationals yesterday in the form of uh, injury news for Steven Strasburg. So it is determined that Steven Strasburg will have surgery, and actually he's going to have the surgery today uh, on Wednesday as I'm recording this podcast to repair uh, thoracic outlet syndrome, which he has got right now, and it's going to cause him to have season-ending surgery. He could miss part of 2022. This news came down yesterday, Um, and it's really unfortunate news for the Nationals organization, for Steven Strasburg, and for the fan base, too. Steven Strasburg will have season-ending neck surgery ending another frustrating year for the Washington Nationals 2019 World Series hero. Three-time All-Star right-hander felt discomfort after a 27-pitch bullpen last, uh, session last week and saw a specialist on Monday. Strasburg, who was 1-2 with a 4.57 ERA in five starts this season, was diagnosed with neurogenic thoracic outlet syndrome and will be operated on by Dr. Greg Pearl in Dallas on Wednesday. Quote, he's down, he's frustrated, and quote, manager Dave Martinez said on Tuesday, quote, hopefully after this procedure is done, the next hurdle will, recovering and then starting to rehab as soon as he possibly can end quote um so this is something that we all you know really fear this is the worst fear with what was happening with steven and um the good news is there is some good news here they caught it before he was able to go out there and make it potentially worse um this is something obviously he's been battling injuries all year he felt some discomfort in his neck uh a bullpen that he felt before saw a specialist I don't think they really found anything wrong through another bullpen, I think recently and said he felt okay. And then through another one here, 27 pitch bullpen uh, last week. And then that's when he said he felt discomfort. That was a setback that everybody was talking about last week. And so it's now caused him to go see another specialist and they have determined that it is in fact, thoracic outlet syndrome uh, that is causing him uh, this discomfort. And so he's going to have to get the surgery. Um, we are waiting to hear, more, uh, we're going to hear more, obviously, on how the surgery goes once it's completed today, but this is a move that really could reshape what is going to happen with Steven Strasburg, or at least in him and the franchise as a whole. I mean, this could be the move that sends the Nationals back into May, potentially a rebuild. This could be the move because everything that we've been talking about with the Nationals moving forward has been contingent on Steven Strasburg potentially being able to come back and play. And at this point in time, you know, we know he's not going to be there the rest of the year. And we know that probably moving forward. in addition to this uh, 2022 could be difficult as well. This is an injury that Matt Harvey had. Uh, This is an injury that really it, it did hamper him. Will Harris had it too, but I think kind of had it in a different way. So they're going to have to see how the surgery goes and where they go from here. And you're starting to wonder, will Steven Strasburg Ever be the guy that he was again? That is a question that's going to have to be asked. Um, but in the immediate, you have to really just hope for him that the surgery goes well. And in the in the immediacy of this, there's so so much other news. I don't want to discuss uh, what could happen from here. That's for a different time. But just you know, I just kind of want to give an overview of all of it before we really really get into what the nationals should do about this. I know I said you said, hey Josh, you just talked about it a second. Yeah, I don't really want to dive too deep into this, but I'm just saying that this is these are kind of the conversation pieces that we're going to hit as we move forward. But first things first, we have to see how the surgery goes. And then, when, then once Steven Strasburg um, you know has had the surgery and the Nats finished the trade deadline, I think that's when we could really, really get into what the future of the nationals is and what the future is for Steven Strasburg and Mark Zuckerman's article yesterday on mass. And you guys can go check it out. um, He called it a potentially career altering injury. Uh, And he says, unlike Harris, will Harris, he means whose condition was caused by a blocked artery. Strasburg has been hampered by a compressed nerve between his neck and right armpit. And that's the most, uh, that's the most common cause of thoracic outlet syndrome. And Wednesday's surgery will likely involve the removal of a cervical rib and small muscles to help alleviate the nerve compression. It's a major injury for pitchers, one that will at a minimum sideline Strasburg until sometime in 2022 and could prevent him from ever regaining his velocity from earlier in his career. And this is a guy who already had some trouble doing that. Um, So that is where this happens. He is 33 years old right now, Steven Strasburg is. So that's kind of, once again, that's that's your pitching prime um, for Steven. And we're going to have to see what comes of this injury, what what really is going to happen for him down the line. So, um, you know, these are the factors that are on the table. Once again, it could impact your rebuild. It could, most and foremost, it really could impact his future. So those are the two things that, that we're really uh, concerned about right now. All right, we'll take a quick break, and then we're going to talk about what happened to Trey Turner last night, and then you'll hear my conversation with Dan Wilson of Locked on Phillies. But as I mentioned first, A word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends from Spotify Greenroom. Spotify Greenroom is a great place to host and interact with other people who are interested in all the sports that you care about. Go to Spotify Greenroom. Uh, You can find it on the Apple, uh, the iOS store. You can download it on your, uh, your phone or your tablet. And then follow me on there. I'm Josh Neighbors on there. Uh, you can start rooms. You can interact with other fans. You can get involved in all kinds of rooms for the NBA, and will be NHL, NCAA basketball, and football. They've got all that kind of stuff available there at Spotify Greenroom. So go there today and check it out. Once again, Spotify Green Room. It used to be Locker Room. Now it is Spotify Green Room. All right, so weird situation last night for the Nationals. Uh, Trey Turner gets pulled off. He's, he gets basically not pulled off the field directly. But Trey Turner heads into the tunnel after coming home and scoring. And he has the tunnel in the first inning. And a lot of speculation was flying around about, hey, was he traded? What's going on here? Was he injured? They said it didn't look natural, you know, the way he turned third and, and headed for home. And it turns out that Trey Turner tested positive for COVID. And they got those results. So they got the results during the game. This comes from Jesse Rogers at ESPN. Washington Nationals all-star shortstop. Trey Turner has tested positive for COVID-19, landing him uh, leading him to exit in the first inning of a team's eventual 6-4 win against the Phillies in Philadelphia on Tuesday night. Turner was pulled after scoring on Josh Bell's home run in the top of the first. Gerardo Parra replaced him in the lineup. Quote, I found out right after he scored, and quote, manager Dave Martinez said, quote, I had to pull him right out of the game. He's got to get isolated right away. Now he'll get tested, and from there, we'll see what happens. The timetable for Turner's positive results suggest this test was taken on Monday. He is the second prominent player to test positive Tuesday. Milwaukee Brewers slugger Christian Yelich also tested positive and is experiencing mild symptoms despite being vaccinated. Martinez told reporters that he couldn't comment on whether or not Turner has been vaccinated. Turner is hitting 322 with 21 stolen bases. Uh, his name has been mentioned in trade rumors as the Nationals, uh, fallen out of the, the you know run first place, yada yada yada. All right, Trey Turner will be out at least ten days now, so that's number one. Um, what this does to trade stuff, I've got no idea. Number two, and most, most importantly, number three. And I you know I apologize for doing this number three, but most importantly, number three, we hope Trey Turner is okay. We hope he is healthy. We hope his family is healthy. Um, because I know Trey's, you know, got a, you know, got a kid and, and obviously a wife too. And so, we you know, it's really important for that, that hopefully he's healthy and, and the kids healthy and, uh, their loved ones and friends and family, and that team is healthy as well. So we hope, uh, hope on that front, because we've seen COVID, we've seen how it affected people like Freddie Freeman, right? We know how, um, you know, rampant it can be and we know it can, how it can even affect people who are in the physical primes of their lives and their careers. So we hope Trey Turner is okay. But it's a really weird time for this to happen. Um, For Trey, you know, it it sucks because he's playing at such a freaking fantastic level this year. He is on another planet right now. He's been one of the best hitters, not just in the National League, but in the American League. Obviously was an all-star this season. Um, Just, you know, not a starter behind Fernando Tatis, but has been worthy of much of that consideration. And... It's a really difficult time, I'm sure, for he and his family to be going through this, too, because he is going, you know, there's a lot of trade rumors going around. So while he is facing, um, you know, questions about his future in Washington and a you know, place that he's played uh, his whole major league career, he's having to deal with coronavirus as well and all that those concerns. So I'm sure for Trey during this time, uh, all he wants to do is just get out in the field and, and that's what, you know, do what he does best and, and play baseball and be a father and, and be a husband as well. Um, be a good teammate, and it sucks that while well, all that's all you know, all this trade stuff's flying around. He he's sick on top of it, and he can't go out and do what he loves. So, the worst possible time for him to catch COVID. I, I mean, the Nationals have had such horrible luck this year. Um, ironically enough, you know, the Nationals get the bad Steven Strasburg news yesterday, and they get the uh, they get the trade Turner positive COVID test. They also won a baseball game, so there is some positivity that came out of yesterday. But we hope Trey recovers fast. We'll see what the Nationals do in terms of roster moves. Uh, Luis Garcia got yanked. He is on his way up. And uh, another positive thing is now we get to see this potential young bright star come up and make his way into the major leagues for the Nationals. So that's something that's, you know, not it's a negative situation, but Luis Garcia is going to come up eventually, uh, just a little bit earlier than I think, uh, maybe by a few days, that we think that he would come up. All right, we'll take one more break, and then we'll talk to Dan Wilson of Locked On Phillies. But first, a word from our sponsors. Today's Locked On Nationals podcast is brought to you by our friends at betonline.ag. Betonline.ag is the best place for all of your sports action needs. You go to betonline.ag today. You can find a variety of lines to bet on from the NFL to NCAA football futures to MLB odds and futures there as well. Uh, boxing, MMA, all that kind of stuff is available at betonline.ag. Go to betonline.ag today. Once again, you can go on your tablet, you can go on your iPhone, you can go on your computer, you can sign up, it's free. Use that promo code LOCKEDON, that's L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, LOCKEDON, and you'll receive a 50% deposit bonus. So if you deposit 100 bucks, you'll get an extra 50 to play with today at betonline.ag. betonline.ag your online sportsbook experts. All right, it's locked on Phillies. It's locked on Nationals. Dan's here. Dan's here. Dan, I actually spent the first minute of my podcast yesterday uh, letting the people know that you were supposed to be on there, but you weren't. Um, maybe it was a good thing. I don't know. There's so much news right now at the Nationals. So I uh, let's just start there. Yesterday was a, a big day for both teams, but the Nationals uh, mostly because, number one, it was announced that Steven Strasburg, has got thoracic outlet syndrome. And so they're gonna to have to surgically repair that, which is really bad news. Um, most notably, Matt Harvey had that and they are gonna to have to remove, um, if like they go into your arm, basically your elbow and remove some muscle and other things and clean it up. Um, and then also during the game itself, Trey Turner was removed and everybody began to speculate that it was because he was being traded in reality, Trey Turner tested positive for COVID, um, and those tests come back while they're playing, which has always seemed weird to me, but I guess now with vaccinations, we don't really seem as mad about it, you know, so, but still there's, I mean, I know the Phillies are a club that struggled with vaccination rates, so maybe we should be a bit more concerned about that, about players testing positive, Um Really bad and weird day for the Nationals. I know they won a baseball game, but that really seems like it's actually not just secondary, but kind of tertiary at this point. There's two other storylines yesterday.
0: Yes. Uh, at this point for the Nationals, I would say winning the game seems a little insignificant. Um, everyone was speculating why Trey Turner left the game. I think it was a good thing that he did not hug people on the way out of the dugout. That would have been bad. Um, and it was not for the reason of getting traded that everyone assumes a guy who's on the trade, uh, trade block leaving the game is for that reason. It's also an interesting day for the Phillies, despite losing the game right before the trade deadline and dropping or not dropping, but just falling themselves into 500. If Josh, if I had to have you guess, we are a for the Phillies last night was their 100th game. How many separate times do you think the Phillies have been exactly 500 this season? 17, 20, 20 different times, which I believe leads baseball. It has to be by far 20 different times they have been 500. This team treads water like nobody else, whether it's win one, then lose back, lose a couple, win a few. This team knows how to find the 500 mark. It's exactly where they are 50 and 50 as they enter the final two games. Here against the Nats, it'll be their final two games before the trade deadline. This team knows what they are heading into the trade deadline. At most, they're going to be two games above 500. At worst, they're going to be two games below 500. In all reality, they will probably be exactly 500, but because of the status of the National League East, because the Mets are where they are, none of the other teams are, as Dave Dombrowski referred to them yesterday, none of the teams in this division are overwhelming. It's a very winnable division. Overwhelming. That is the word he used. They they will be buying at the deadline. Everyone thought the Phillies had made a move yesterday for Tyler Anderson from the Pirates. Some dust settled, and he is now a Seattle Mariner. So the Phillies still have not done anything. Deadline coming up on Friday, we're a little bit wait, more.
1: Wait, than- wait, hang on.
0: Yeah. Is that true? Did you think he was a Philly also? I
1: thought he was a Philly also.
0: Yeah, so it's funny because so did Bryce Harper. They, the deal was apparently made. It seemed like it was made around 4 o'clock yesterday. And some time went by, and just before the game, there's a report of, like, there's a holdup. There were some medical holdups, apparently, on the players, the minor league players being sent from the Phillies to the Pirates. The Mariners swooped in with a better offer. The Pirates said, we're not waiting around. And, yeah, Anderson's a Mariner now. He's not a Philly. The Phillies have made still zero deals here as we are What's the, the the deadline is... What is it? 3 o'clock, 4 o'clock on Friday? I forget which time it is. Um, uh, if 4 o'clock. I, 4, four wait, o'clock on Friday. So, so, you- so, so, so we're recording this at 9 a.m. on Tuesday. So we're a little more than... 50, we're like 53, 54 hours from the trade deadline. And the Phillies are 500. Haven't made any moves. I still expect them to make some moves. They had a move kind of fall apart yesterday due to a medical mishap. And... Yeah. And, but I would still say that they had the right idea. Cause I think pitching and in particular starting pitching is their biggest need. And I think you've seen that epitomized here. In the they first call about Max
1: Scherzer. See what happens. Yeah. Well, they've they,
0: I think we've seen that even though the Phillies won the first game of the series with a comeback walk-off home run and then a loss last night, we've seen the starting pitching issue the Phillies have epitomized here in the first two games of the series.
1: Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm going to tell you what I told. I'm to, I said this to Ryan Finkelstein yesterday, locked on Mets host. I said to him, I said, look, you know, these teams, especially the Mets, I feel like this is not the year for any team in the National League East to make a move that is rash or panicful. And I mean that either way, right? I mean, this is not a time for the, um, for the Phillies to go and get a John Means or a Kyle Gibson. Um, and this is also not a time for a team like the Nationals to trade a Trey Turner. So I mean that in both directions. Um, I think these teams need to need to do a bit more evaluation about who they are and where they are, and evaluate these groups uh, before they make any calls. Because look, as much as you you know, as much as Dave Dombrowski wants to say none of the teams in this division have been overwhelming. The Mets have still led this division for the better part of what is it now, approaching three months, right? So the Mets, without sometimes Jacob deGrom, with no Noah Syndergaard, with no Carlos Carrasco, with, at some points, oh, and, and you're losing Dave Peterson. I mean, this team's is a team that's been starting Jared Ikoff, who is horrible, absolutely horrible, but is making multiple starts for them. They've started Robert Stock. They've started Corey Oswalt. They've started, uh, started Jordan Yamamoto and Joey Casey and Tyler McGill. This is a team that's been starting a bunch of guys. They had no desire to start out of necessity because of how injured they've been. And yet they've had a stranglehold. And I, and I know that the gap has not been huge, but they've had a stranglehold on this division and make no mistake about it. If they get Carrasco back and if they get de back, that's going to be the best team in the division with, with the, I mean, I'm sorry, But for the Braves, the fact that Mike Soroka is out and the fact that that Ronald Acuna Jr. is out, it's going to be hard for that group of guys to stand up against full power teams uh, like the Mets. Now, will the Mets even reach that point? I don't know. But and I would even say for the Mets, this is not the time to make a move either, because for them, their window looks like it's next year. Their their best chance is next year, I believe, with the fact that they've got a lot of guys under contract next year and and the situation's going to be good. I would use this this last half of the season if I was the Mets to evaluate who is their best team and what they need to change as opposed to giving up prospects and making a bit of a move that would put them in a bad spot. So I think all the teams, I mean for the Nationals, it's Fire Sale, but for the Phillies, the Braves and I know I know Dylan Short wants the Braves to make a move, that's not the smart move here. They should they should sit and assess what they can do to be more competitive next year because uh, no Soroka and, and no, no Acuna is going to put them at a disadvantage. So I think that's where I'm at with what all these teams should do save the nationals because the Nats should should sell it.
0: (laughs) No, I I hear you. I have been, look, I have been largely negative for most of the season. I think all of the League East hosts, anyone who listens to the On Phillies, knows that a month ago, I would have been surprised if you told me this team was in a position to buy. And if they were in five of the six divisions in baseball, they would be sellers right now at the deadline. They would probably be in a relevant team for the rest of the season. They're not competing for a wild card for a reason. As I mentioned, they're exactly 500. But in this year's analyst, that keeps you competitive. And I've recently had a friend of both of ours, Anthony DeBundo on the show, a few other guests who I've kind of been slightly softening some of my stances again, not because of anything the Phillies have done, but because I mean, truth be told, none of the other teams' situations in the division are overwhelming. I'm looking at the Mets, and you know, I I keep having the sentiment thrown in my face. And I'm well, the, it's the, like, okay, well, okay. The Phillies no, aren't no, catching no. the
1: Mets. They're not catching the
0: Mets. No, no, well, hold on. Well, so here's the only plus side that I that I've been hearing that. Again, I'm not buying into, I'm not telling you, I'm not in no way am I predicting the Phillies are going to make the playoffs, but here's some things that are working in the Phillies' favor and reasons why I think the Phillies can justify buying more than I thought they were going to. A, the remaining the remaining schedule for the Phillies and the Mets bodes well for the Phillies. The Phillies are going to be playing a number of essentially AAA teams in the final two months of the season because of what they're going to look like post-deadline, and they've had one of the most difficult schedules in baseball beforehand up to this point and easier schedule down the stretch. Now we know the Phillies have struggled for years against bad teams. So I'm not trying to say, well, there's two out of three there. There's two out of three there. That's not what I'm doing here. Number two is in regards to the Mets, as you mentioned, they kind of aren't at full strength right now. DeGrom can't stay off the injured list. They had Lindor spending time on the injured list also hasn't been great for the Mets this season. Like it's not as if the Mets are some, powerhouse I would say I agree with you I think the Mets are going to win this division I think the Phillies ultimately come up a little short but in in my opinion I think it's going to result in the Phillies making maybe some small marginal moves like adding Tyler Anderson yesterday even if that trade went through is not the blockbuster move that adding a Craig Kimball Craig Kimbrell rather or a Chris Bryant is I still think you can Kind of make some marginal moves. They definitely need to clean up this rotation. I can't stand watching Matt Moore and Vince Velasquez and Spencer Howard for different reasons continue to start games for this team. So I, I would like them to see. I would like, but that's to see three them. guys, though. That's three guys. Like, no, I that, know. You know, that's that's this is what I'm saying is. Look, no one it, has been more negative about the Phillies rotation so, so, so for, me. So for, you, you don't uh, need to like right. Talk well, here's what I'm off. saying is it's for
1: for the Mets.
0: They've got those
1: guys waiting in the wings, right? They they're have; three, they're on the roster. You're correct. They, and, they have
0: three and, potentially really and good. And truth be told, truth yeah. be told, I would argue that more important than any of that, the Phillies need, like, regardless of what they do at the deadline, they're going to need Zach Eflin to come back and be like for them. They need Aaron Nola to pitch like he has more so in previous seasons than he has this year. I am. This is not me predicting. The Phillies are going to make the playoffs in any way. Again, if you ask me right now who's gonna win the National League East, I would say the New York Mets. However, these aren't
1: reasons why you buy. Like, like this, this is this is basically us saying that these things have these conditions have to go right for the Phillies to have a shot. Because look, right now the Phillies, I mean, the Phillies don't have a chance because they're not their team is not competitive enough. I mean, you you can't throw like, look. Let's be honest. The first game of the series, Philly should have lost, right? If Brad Hand wasn't horrible right now, Phillies lose that game.
0: Oh, and- I, I agree. And and their offense—they leave a ton of runners on base, and their offense comes out and starts, but is nowhere close to consistent enough. But I guess I would ask you. So, if you're the Phillies right now, look. I was saying sell up until a few weeks ago. I just don't know, like, what is Tyler hey, Anderson what- was a good move. But, okay, but so I I, I'm not, that, I'm not part, doing
1: stuff behind that. I'm, not, I'm like Rich Hill would have been a nice move for them too. That that would have been a nice. A okay, nice so move that that would be
0: so modestly buying. So Mo- we're on but, the same page then. But but C- Craig Kimbrell getting a guy he's not is, modest. I'm not. I'm not. I'm not yeah, telling you Craig yeah, Kimbrell. And because people and don't even know
1: reliever is modest, but he is. He's. He is. He is one of the. He's the best closer in baseball right now.
0: uh That and, is not quite, modest. And, and quite honestly, I would tell you that they need to address their rotation more so than the bullpen anyway i know it can kind of have and you know an no, effect Rotation. Both ways. i agree i agree i know it can kind of have an effect both ways you go sign a closer you move a guy like ranger suarez who's shown the ability to give you multiple innings and guys like bailey falter into roles so that suddenly your starters don't need to go as deep into games but this team has struggled to starting pitching all year long. I fe- I thought before the season it was going to be the Achilles heel for this team. It has proven correct. I didn't think Aaron Nola would be as bad as he's been. Um, and, and like, as I mentioned, if Aaron Nola continues to be the Aaron Nola seen for the first three and a half months of the season, this team isn't going to make the playoffs anyway, and this is all moot point. So they certainly need improvement from guys who are already on the roster. I think they need to clean up the back end of this rotation. Matt Moore should not be in the rotation for even a team who is flirting with 500 like yes, i know so they want i know they've won a number of the, they're now six and three in games that he starts i know they've won a number of games that he has started but he's yeah no, really but it doesn't, he's and then, and pitcher, right? it doesn't mean and then also it doesn't mean it doesn't mean he's that. a good pitcher right yeah. it's not necessarily an indicative stat they're not even his personal wins and losses it's less indicative of that but then you also look at last night like certain things that need to clean up i wouldn't be playing Didi gregorius as much i actually thought last night was like I, Matt Moore stinks, but Didi Rodriguez's defense was horrible last night. You have a play in the first. inning. It's been in bad where, for
1: a while now, hasn't it? I mean, he no, yeah, I know. But beat. so
0: you have a play in the first inning last night where he basically doesn't charge the ball, get it out of his glove fast enough. And was it was it Trey Turner who beats it out at first base, or was it was it Trey? Yeah, okay. Winning, so I think was it was a, Trey. This was the first inning. It was it was ruled an infield single, and we're sitting there in the first. Yeah, inning. Trey, Let me. Okay, yeah. So it was Trey Turner. And he reaches on the infield single and then ultimately a Josh Bell, three run home run scores Trey, And that led to a Juan Soto single and then Josh Bell homers. And then as it was pointed out on the broadcast, like, you know, Hoskins is holding the runner on the entire complexion of the inning changes. Who knows where that inning goes even more specifically in the second inning, there was a Victor Robles leadoff walk. And earlier in that at bat, He had a pop-up down the left field line that definitely should have been caught by D.D. Gregorius. It wasn't. Matt Moore ends up walking. And I'm not... It was full count. Matt Moore should have thrown him a better pitch uh, to the eight-hitter at that point just to try and get him out. So I'm not letting Matt Moore off the hook here. But but I'm saying, like, D.D. had two costly defensive plays, and this is not anything new for D.D. or the Phillies in general, defense costing them. Ultimately leads to a Juan Soto three-run home run. Phillies down 6-1, trying to come back they were actually in the exact same situation as they were the night before down a couple of runs brad hand against the top of the order no such luck for the phillies hey, in can you explain me so, why
1: the phillies fans are booing one side is just because philadelphia has to boo one player look and you know me this is look, not bryce me,
0: harper gets booed everywhere he goes
1: this is not me speaking at a turn about philadelphia fans you know, I'm very familiar with them so like, i yeah i know i'm not i'm not you know speaking at a turn so like but he's like super likable. Like like he's not one is not like, you know, uh like the equivalent of like throwing the horns down like you know, like like a like an Oklahoma player to, to well play he's a guy every
0: time. Look, I actually do like one soto. Yeah, I would love I mean besides loving to have that guy in your team for all he does on the field, I actually find his I don't know if there's a charming like charming it's, is the it's, word is the, the charming,
1: they're charming. Like the, the I, I kind of find it
0: like, charming. Like I, I kind of find it come like kind of funny when he does that shuffle in the box and yeah and you know, other guys are started to
1: do it too I, it's, it's not like you know it's which is well, funny, he's super into fine. the
0: bad but but i don't think you can blame is you would know this better than i he can't philly can't be the only city he's getting booed in bryce harper gets booed in 29 cities I can't in baseball say, i mean
1: maybe houston well houston's gonna do everybody who remains that's 2019 team
0: and the houston dodgers might everywhere look the dodgers look might they, don't, they, they don't they don't boo nobodies if you get booed in philly it's a sign of respect because they know who you are and it means you're really really good you're on the radar no it, it no i i am a a long-standing believer that if you are booed in the city of philadelphia it's a oh, sign this, of this, respect. does
1: it mean respecting ben simmons or what is that a? it's different with your own players but <laughs> okay, it's different okay. with
0: when, when an opposing okay. player is getting booed it means you're respected well enough that you did something to be booed look no you know they weren't booing victor Robles last night there's a reason juan soto was getting booed right i you know eric fetty wasn't getting booed all Yeah, and no. i i have a so unless um, you it lets you specifically say something or do something to piss the fan base off juan soto is getting booed because he's the face of the team right now right I, and so that is the sign of respect i
1: i have a i have two things for you number one um you know two guys i think the phillies would love to have actually you mentioned them Eric Fetty and Joe Ross, definitely. I mean, they'd love to have a guy like that. Uh, uh, it they, would
0: clean up the back end of it, those it guys. kind of would been clean up the back end awesome. of the rotation, yeah.
1: Yeah. As far as back end guys go, those guys have been really, really strong. Um, two, I want to ask you this Trey Turner thing. If you were in the Nats position um, with this dearth of uh, of, of shortstops coming up in free agency um, and Trey's got one more year control, would you trade Trey Turner? I wouldn't. I, I, I think that. If you've got Trey and Juan in your lineup, as long as you've got those two guys, we've seen it before, right? All they did was a third guy, Kyle Schwarber, and their entire lineup changed. Entire lineup changed. Um, Would you trade Trey Turner or or would you uh, re-sign him?
0: Yeah, I mean, I've always been a fan of Trey Turner. He, I, I don't think I would be, if I got the right, it's probably a situation where if I got the right, offer i would listen to it like, like you guys have to have the door, like, the doors
1: it. the doors have to be blown off you like you have to be really impressed by an offer
0: yeah i mean the national the nationals are in a position where they are what are they? they're standing right now fourth place in the division they're seven and a half out so they're clearly going to be sellers i correct me if i'm wrong i've gotten the sense that the nationals are at least listening to offers for just about everyone on the team not name Juan Soto like it seems. Yeah, like I don't it, think anybody
1: can make an offer for Juan Soto. I don't think there's. I know, I'm, like I, no, no, no.
0: So I'm saying you if know. your name isn't Juan Soto, yeah, I don't think I would necessarily, you know, put the money down on the fact that I would be on the team on Friday night. So from that perspective, but no, I'm not just letting Trey Turner go for the sake of letting Trey Turner go. If That's your question.
1: Yeah. Um, it's interesting. I, my last question for you is if the Phillies end up making a move. Like like, uh, like, like like any well, move? It's, 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 bad, it's a bad question. Let, let me read my button. What is the move you think they end up making, like the big move,
0: if they do make one? Um, I think we'll end up seeing – I don't know exactly what name it's going to be. There's been a number of names kind of thrown out there. Um, But it'll probably be for, you know, like a number – I thought the idea of going after, like, a number four starter yesterday was appropriate. I think you're correct. I don't think any team in the NL East – is in position right now where they should be going, like just throwing all the chips down on the table and saying, we're going for it. This is the year we're going to win the World Series. But I do think they should do. And what I guess I was trying, my overall point, that I've kind of eased my tone on, is I've gone in the past month from the Phillies should absolutely be selling, they have no chance to make the playoffs, to saying, well, they have enough reasons in their favor that even if I'm not predicting them to make the playoffs, they can now justify between the fact that you're in year three of the Bryce Harper contract, he still hasn't made the playoffs. You're in year one of the new JT Realmuto contract. He still hasn't made the playoffs. You don't want to just give another way a, of these guys' primes away. I don't like the necessarily the way they have rebuilt, and I put rebuilt in air quotes because it wasn't really much of a rebuilding process. They kind of just expedited the process and bought their way here. But they're, they're clearly – wanted to win this year. They went and got the president that reflects that. And Dave Dombrowski, he is not the rebuilding guy. He's the guy that if they're close, they're going to go for it. So I have come to terms that they're trying to win this year, but that doesn't mean they should go aggressive. I would love to see this team go over the luxury tax and signal that this ownership group is serious about winning. They have yet to do it. Up to this point, under this ownership group, we will, you know, see whether they do that or not. But ultimately, if I had to guess, I think we see a Tyler, like Tyler Anderson, would have been the move I ultimately expected. Giving away prospects that are not high on the radar for a fourth starter, a guy who can go deep into games. My favorite Tyler Anderson stat for you know a few hours yesterday is that in all 18 of his starts, uh, he's gone. I believe if it was either five or six five innings plus it's five, so innings, yeah. but five innings plus. And that, that is exactly what the Phillies could use. You know, he's not going to blow anyone away. He's not, you're not necessarily circling the calendar every time he starts, but he's going to keep you in the game competitively go five in like in a way that like I, I say jokingly, like, well, Matt Moore has kept the Phillies in some games and Tyler Anderson will actually keep you in the game. You're not dreading. Okay. How are we going to manage our bullpen every time he starts the same way when Matt Moore goes out there, or Vince Velasquez goes out there. Or Spencer Howard, who can't go further than three innings, goes out there. So I expect a couple of moves like that. Maybe they go add a reliever because it seems like this is the time of the year that I'm not saying Craig Kimbrell, but a reliever who isn't really on the radar. You can usually get those guys relatively cheap from teams who are selling and just want to get rid of you know an expiring contract. And relievers bounce around all the time for nothing anyway. So I would expect a starter or two, maybe a reliever, maybe a bench bat. When all of a sudden done. I don't see the Kimberl thing happening. I don't see the Chris Bryant thing happening. Maybe I'll be incorrect, but that's probably the move I anticipate happening. And in all honesty, it's probably the smartest thing the Phillies could do right now.
1: Yeah. All All right. I, I, I'm with you there. I'm with you there. All right. Dan Wilson. We'll well, you, you, you don't sound so sure. Right? No, I'm, you know? I'm, look, look, I actually think you made a really good point uh, for once. Um, I actually, for one really, time, <laughs> this no, time. I, I, I think, I think you made a really strong point with, like, look, these guys are in their primes. You're your racing here. Yeah. I mean, you've got a lot more of them coming up, but still
0: do, do they, the Phillies don't have the strong, well, no, 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 no,
1: no, no. But here's what I'm saying is that it's like, I don't know once again, if these are the conditions in which I would say like, all right, this is, this is a time to let's, let's see. Like you were, you, you were talking
0: guys- about, the, you were talking about the Mets having brighter years ahead. Like I, in terms of the Phillies, I was saying sell a month ago because I didn't think they had any chance of me to make the playoffs this you, year. All got so you might as well play for next if year. If you
1: all had a piece that you guys could keep control of next year, I, I, that's I'm okay with those moves because it helps build the team down the line.
0: So- but in okay. the short term, they're, I'm not looking the at the short term. Yeah, and saying, not
1: send no, don't send crap over to anybody. Short. They're term, not. No. They're not
0: rebuilding for the year 2024 and 2025, and saying, "Well, in right. a few years, this is all going to come together." Like that's not what this. Team well, no, is I'm doing. not. I'm
1: not saying they should. I'm just saying, don't make a move that that you lose a guy. Like don't don't lose prospects. Because you want a guy for the end to the end. Of, no rentals, no rentals for the Phillies. Do not do it. No, no, this
0: is, this is not the 2016 Cubs. They should not be trading away regardless yes. of what he's turned into. Glaber Torres for a role of Chapman.
1: Right. Right. All right, Dan, I uh, always appreciate talking to you, man. Always fun. All right. That will do it for today's show. Make sure you follow us on Twitter at LO underscore national. You can follow me at Josh neighbors underscore until next time, my friends, as always stay safe.